Welcome to Blooming, a podcast by 20-somethings for 20-somethings, navigating how to grow up. I'm Tessa. And I'm Britt. And we'll be your co-hosts. This week, we're talking the pressure of life in your 20s. We'll also be giving you our adulting wins and fails from the week and finally bringing you our Adulting 101 resources. But firstly, Tessa. How are you? How's your week been? My week has been good. We've had such an amazing response on last week's episode. So again, we want to say thank you to you all for taking the time to listen to our podcast and coming back for round three. This week involved lots of appointments for me, including getting my hair cut, which is always such a treat. Yeah. So Crystal from Reminiscence Hair Studio has been doing my hair since I was like 11 or 12, maybe younger. And she always just does the best job. Like she knows exactly what my hair is like, what I like, what I don't like. And Mm. just I can feel like I'm in safe hands. Yeah, it's really important to find a hairdresser you love. Like I've gone to multiple over my years because I feel like I find a really good one and then they get pregnant or, Mm. you know, take a break. And I'm like, oh, I have to find a new one now. But my favorite part of going to the hairdresser is the head rub. You know, the head rub they give you when they're washing your hair? Love a good head rub. I will just say, I, you know how you said you just go and find a new hairdresser? So I couldn't find Crystal. She moved salons for a while and she couldn't tell us because of non-competes. So I just like didn't get my hair cut for like three years. Oh, you're such a loyal customer. (laughs) Well, mainly I just don't trust anyone (laughs) at all. But yeah, she has her own little salon now and it's a small business. So I love being able to support her too. Um, We also decorated the Christmas tree. And when I say we, I mean I did. I got zero (laughs) help from my family. That's a lie. My brother did put the star on top because I couldn't reach. That's the most important part. Oh, thanks. What about the rest of it that I did? (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we, fun fact, get a real Christmas tree every year. And um, while they don't look as pretty as like your fake plastic one, they're better for the environment. And the smell, it just always fills the house with that smell of pine and it just they feels don't like Christmas. look as pretty. I thought they look prettier. Um, I guess it depends which one you get. Sometimes they can be a bit gappy. They're just like not as um, perfect, but like that's fine. Like a full tree. Yeah. I like a, I've always, it's been a dream of mine to get a real Christmas tree. I've always wanted to get one. So mm. where did you get yours from? So we get it from this place called Real Christmas Trees. Literally, that's it's just called oh. Real Christmas Trees. It's in Ashgrove and you can order them and like pre-order them and go pick them up and they do like multiple different sizes to fit whatever your oh that's awesome yeah whatever your needs are Mm. and then I also spent the weekend at the coast with my partner's family which was just like very wholesome content oh um yeah how was your week um yeah my week has been pretty full-on uh there's a lot happening at work as we try and wrap up the year and there's been some renovations at my house which is making things quite stressful when you add a little puppy into the Mm -hmm. mix. Does she want to be involved in all the renovations? Oh of course she Mm -hmm. wants to make friends with everybody but she's just (laughs) getting in the way and yeah making things a little hard. Um, Also my car is killing me so we're in Queensland summer so if anyone is listening and isn't familiar with Queensland that means degrees in the like mid to high 30s and really humid really humid um and just imagine a little black bubble car with (laughs) air conditioning that barely works um if I have makeup on and I get in the car to go somewhere it's melting off me oh my gosh and so then I have to put the windows down because the air conditioning's not working and then I mess up my hair like it's just a disaster if I ever like I'm like why do I bother getting ready (laughs) well I feel like your car is 
like quite old, right? Like it could yeah. use with a, an update. I actually bought her at the start of my 20s. So that's about five years with me alone. And then when you add in her previous <laughs> life, uh, she's she's getting on, yes. But like I've just been saving so hard and putting, you know, all my um, money towards – uh, a house deposit because that's what like my partner and I are really saving for so unfortunately I think I'm stuck with her for a little while longer <laughs> just run her into the ground Literally. that's what I did with my old car that's the plan <laughs> so let's kick things off with our adulting wins and adulting fails Thank you so much to the people who sent in their fails. Unfortunately, there hasn't been any wins received yet. So if you are killing it at the adulting game, we would love to hear from you. Please send slide slide into our DMs. Yes, do it. Um, I'll read you my favourite fail, though, from listener Katie. She says... I'm not adulting very well, so please don't judge me when I say this. My mobile plan runs out at midnight tonight, and I hope to remember to renew it tomorrow morning. Oh, my God. Living life on the edge, Katie. <laughs> I feel like we need to, like, here, we need to follow up on this. She did needs she to remember? <laughs> yeah, did she remember or is she living without a phone? Well, I actually replied to her the next day and I said, this is your reminder. And <laughs> so I hope she, I hope that was enough to get her to go renew it. Otherwise, she'll never get our messages because she'll have no data. <laughs> um, but what about you, Tessa? Did you have a win or fail this week? Well, firstly, I want to say love that you guys are sending us in your fails. It makes me not feel so useless <laughs> because I have another cooking fail. Yep. Another, another cooking one. Yep. Another cooking fail. Oh, gosh. So this was a oh, hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so this was a hundred percent my own fault and something I definitely deserved. But let's just say I am the definition of lazy girl goals. So I was making my dinner, but plot twist I didn't want to do any washing up oh I feel that yep I hate washing up just ain't nobody got time for that so instead of doing the adult thing and getting out a chopping board or something to cut up on (laughs) I was just using my hand as the board to cut up my veggies oh my god (laughs) so yeah this did result in me cutting my finger this is not safe oh gosh (laughs) and yes I have no regrets because I didn't have to do any washing up but um (laughs) did you cut it badly (laughs) no it wasn't that bad I was to be fair I was using like like not like a sharp knife. It was just oh. like a, I don't know, a knife that you use to eat like your a dinner steak with. Knife? Not even a steak knife. Oh. Is it a bread and butter knife? Is oh. that what it's called? Just like whoa, how sharp are your bread and butter? Not knives? really. I don't even think it was serrated. I just must have been having to use a lot of pressure because it wasn't serrated. And yeah, or I just you have very just a disaster skin. waiting to happen. Please remove yourself from the kitchen in all future encounters. Look, at least I can provide you with entertainment with my <laughs> cooking fails. But how about you? Please tell me you'll get us over the line this week. Uh, yes, I will be carrying us this week. I actually have a win. Go you. Yeah. So it kind of stems from a prolonged fail, but it's still a win. I have finally gone to the podiatrist after a year of pain. Interesting, after we were just talking to Cheyenne about how she was studying podiatry. I know. I was actually thinking maybe I should have hit her up for some tips. But so basically I have sesamoiditis. That's a mouthful. <laughs> just some um, guys, she was practicing that for like a good 30 seconds before she tried it into I the mic. I got it right. Basically, it's an overuse injury involving chronic inflammation. So my sesamoid, um, which is the bone embedded in the tendon, like... Okay, uh, if you're not into feet, just like tune skip out. ahead. 
I didn't know this, but you actually have sesamoids in different places all over your body. But the one I'm referring to is located under the ball of your foot. So beneath the big toe pad. You should um, see the hand gestures she's doing trying to explain this to me. (laughs) This is not my area of expertise. So Um, I think the pain started from wearing unsupportive ballet flats and heels to work and thinking I could walk long distances like hiking from the train station or to the shops on my lunch break and I'd been putting it off because I thought it would get better but it didn't. That's something I've realized as I'm getting older that all the little things that I feel like would have just gotten better when I was younger I actually need to seek treatment for. I don't bounce back like I used to. Well, yeah, once you've injured your sesamoid, you're supposed to do a bunch of things like ice it and rest it. Um, But I do a decent amount of exercise and um, that obviously meant it wasn't going to have a proper chance to heal. Um, So, yeah, I went to the podiatrist finally. I actually feel like it's been over a year. But anyway, I went and she looked after me. She put like padding in my shoes to kind of like raise my... Like orthotic. No, just like padding. Um, Mm. So it like raises the sesamoid so it's not under as much pressure. Yeah, okay. Contact, whatever. Um, And yeah, like to put some strapping on, although that didn't last long because Nala got at it straight (laughs) away. Um, But yeah, shout out to Chelsea at Peak Sports for looking after me. Basically, I just need to like not be barefoot because that's the worst thing for it. So I'm like that person now that walks around the house in slides okay let me tell you something I apparently am the weird one in my family because I don't get up and get dressed and put shoes on everyone else in my family puts shoes on and walks around the house in shoes I'm the only one who like I'm like no and wear bare feet barefoot well I can't now be but I was barefoot all the time at home I'm like a no shoes in the house so guys let me know what what do you do? Yeah. Do you get up if you're just staying at home? Do you get up and put shoes on or do you get up and walk around with bare feet? Because <laughs> yeah. I want my family to know that I am the normal one and they are weird. Settle the dispute in Tessa's household. Um, but yeah, hopefully this damage can be undone and my foot heals soon. I'm proud of you though. Look mm. at you go. Yeah, thank you. This week, we want to talk about all things pressure, especially when it comes to the timelines that we feel we should be following and the milestones we should be hitting. But before we jump into this, Britt, I want to ask you, what aspects of your life do you feel pressure in and who do you feel pressure from? Good question. So personally, I feel like my life wasn't where I expected it to be at this point. I expected to be in a career that I loved and have a house and be starting a family at around 30, but like that's only five years away. And I know that sounds like a really long time on paper, but I have no idea where the last five years of my life went. Oh yeah. I feel like 15 to 20 took like lifetimes, but 20 to 25, I don't even know where that went. We're so busy in our twenties. It's just flying by, but I don't really know where those expectations came from. I think for me, the main source points to social media. I feel like the confusion and pressure that we put on ourselves in early adulthood is heightened by social media and by those who are sharing their lives on these platforms because we receive implicit messages through social media that can indirectly serve as public shaming of anyone who doesn't appear happy, fit, on trend and woke at all times. Where do you stand? 
I think the expectations thing is a bit different for me. Like in high school or younger, I for sure was like, yep, want to like have my career sorted, kids, married, yeah, really that's young. What I mean. And then I graduated from high school and all that like got thrown out the door and I haven't had any expectations since. So I don't really know if I have like have pressure in terms of milestones that I'm like, okay, this is what I definitely want to meet or hit. I'm definitely not as much of a planner as you are anymore, (laughs) but I think I agree with you. Social media definitely plays a big part in it for me too. It's hard to think for yourself and figure out what you want when what everyone else is doing is being shoved down your throat. So for me, it is so easy to fall into the trap of comparison. Oh, me too. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like Um, pressure to appear in those ways that you just mentioned, like the happy fit on trend woke. I do feel that pressure from social media, but I guess by being on social media ourselves, we contribute to that too, right? Like I'm definitely guilty of sharing a highlights reel. Yeah, me too. But I think more generally from discussions I've had with people leading up to this episode, there is also that aspect of pressure from older generations and our families that play into it, which is, I mean, super relevant coming up to Christmas and all the family obligations surrounding that. And then another side to it is you can feel pressure from what your friends are doing with their lives, which you obviously hear about offline as well as online. And then from a career perspective, you feel pressure based on what those around you are doing on the work front. So I don't know how quickly they're climbing the ladder, how much money they're making, their career satisfaction, So it really like does come from all sides. Yeah, there's no escaping it. (laughs) I feel that pressure in your 20s is so multifaceted. Like in brainstorming for this episode alone and talking about how we've experienced pressure or what we associate with pressure, we've identified a few major ways that we feel pressure um, in our 20s. And I'm sure there's so many more ways young people are feeling pressure and each of us will experience this pressure in different ways based on our own life stage, circumstances, culture and backgrounds. Oh, agreed. And I think we should also acknowledge that the kind of pressure you and I personally feel is like super privileged. Oh yeah, for sure. Having access to social media, financial security, job opportunities, a support network around us of family and friends is a huge privilege in itself, but it doesn't stop these things from causing huge stresses and anxieties in our lives. Okay, so we've identified that there are a few main categories that we feel pressure in our 20s. Should we try and break each one down a bit further? Yeah, because as we said, pressure is so multifaceted, we could probably discuss this for hours, but in order to fit this into one episode, we're going to kind of keep it pretty broad and discuss some of the common ways we think a lot of 20-somethings today feel pressure. All right, so I think we should start at the beginning of our 20s. Rewind the track. Navigating life after high school and university can be really disorienting. Where we once had structure and goals and were told how each day would unfold, we are now in charge of managing our own lives. We have social expectations, financial needs and job commitments. Life is no longer strictly segmented and it's up to us to define our own goals, which can take a really long time to figure out. This is something I definitely struggle with. Well, yeah, I mean, in high school, well, I mean, my high school at least, we kind of had our hands held and then we were just released into the big wide world of adulting at 17, which is so young. So young. And they were just like, good luck, you're all on your own. And that's something I've battled with ever since, to be honest. Okay, so skip a few years forward, we're in our 20s. I was reading this article from Goop which explained this period really well. 
It explains there's such thing as a liminal phase, which is the period in ritual initiations based around the entrance into adulthood. So after the identity of being a dependent or child has died, but before the identity takes full form. So you're no longer on one side, but you're not yet on the other. Okay, that just sounds terrifying, but (laughs) also perfectly describes exactly how I feel. But I mean, I don't know if I'm ever going to get out of this stage. Well, yeah, it was saying that this is the time where you are needing to learn who you are, figure out what you're looking to get out of life, while also realizing there are a ton of expectations put on you and trying to deal with that too. Honestly, no wonder we are so exhausted. I don't think I have any of that sorted out yet. And I'm already halfway through my 20s. And then, I mean, I see younger people, like way younger than us, who have it all sorted out or figured out or at least look like they do. And it makes me stress. Like, I'm so behind. Well, yeah, from what I've read, it's really common to feel trapped by things like academic expectations. So feeling like you need or don't need further education at university or TAFE cultural expectations whether it be feeling responsible for looking after family members or not pursuing your dream career and social norms I'd like to unpack social norms a little bit further because I feel like they really come into play when we're talking about pressure in your 20s social norms are defined as unwritten rules about how to behave they are an accepted behavior of a group community or culture and they often serve to create a foundation of correct inverted commas correct (laughs) behaviors In other words, social norms allow you to expect the events that will occur in a particular setting. Okay, so let me see if I've got this right. So essentially what you're saying is that because of how we see social norms play out in the media, social media, or in the lives of people around us, we assume that's also how we should live our lives and behave. And if things don't end up going the way we expect or our lives go a little off track, we feel unsettled and lost? Yeah, that's right. Social norms provide us with an expected idea of how to behave in a particular social group or culture. These could be something as small as the expectation of liking your friend's photos on Instagram to something more large scale like the expectation of having a baby or buying a house by a certain age. So this is where I think social media comes into play. I think that social media has impacted the widespread acceptance of social norms associated with life in your 20s. Because we're constantly comparing ourselves with the people in our social feeds and implicitly expect certain life events to be occurring for us at the same time and sequence. Yeah, I think we have such a heavy role in this too. The more and more we give the perfect, in inverted commas, version of ourselves over to social media, the higher unrealistic expectations of life are set. And while, of course, I think, and I think I talk for both of us on this, Um, People should be able to share all the amazing things that are going on in their lives because it is huge and exciting and worth sharing. I also think it would be incredibly hard to see all these amazing things happening in people's lives online. And even if you don't think it's impacting you, it would definitely be getting into your subconscious, right? Well, like you said earlier, on social media, we are exposed to people's highlights. And a lot of the time we see none of the struggles or dull moments. So we subconsciously assume that their life just doesn't have them. It's difficult to see other people on social media leading these seemingly successful and fulfilling lives and feeling like you're not working hard enough or succeeding enough because you don't feel that way. And in your 20s, there's so many people on your social networks publishing different life events and it's really difficult to not feel pressured because you don't want that or aren't there yet. Oh, 100%. It definitely makes me feel lazy or that I'm behind the eight ball, but I don't know, maybe I'm just a slow burner. 
Yeah, well, that's the point though. Who cares? It's totally normal to be at a different stage. You're right. It's perfectly fine to not want the same things as the people around you, like whatever that may be. It's just hard when we have social media and social norms telling us we should want it. So I don't know. Here's an idea for you. I'm just going to float this out. Maybe we should make a pact and use this podcast to keep us more accountable so that we will try moving forward to be more real and raw on our social media pages and on the Blooming page. Well, yeah, I'm definitely guilty of showing a highlights reel. So that's something I'd I'd like to be more conscious of. Yeah, it's definitely something that's been weighing on my mind and I guess is one of the reasons that played into using this platform to talk a bit more about those kind of things. But also, so... I do this thing where I film one second of every day. Britt, I know you do it too. I'm not sure how consistently though. I do it with my dog. So so for those who don't know what it is, it's filming one second of every single day. And then at the end of the year, I put it all together and I've got one second from every single day of the year that's just passed. And I'm doing it with my dog so I can watch her grow. (laughs) (laughs) That's wholesome. Way more wholesome than what I'm doing it. But I was kind of like looking back at it on coming up to the end of the year and putting it together and I noticed that pretty much every single day in the clips I've put a smile on my face and like I'm not happy every single day of every single year like there are always ups and downs but I'm putting that out into the world and I mean not that many people watch it to be fair but still it's like putting an unrealistic expectation that my life is perfect and happy all the time and so it's something that I want to work on because that's just not true but um Yeah, just to circle it back a little, I think influencers are feeding into this too with their lavish lifestyles, which is a whole other ballpark. And while I think the tide is turning and both influencers and just your regular Joes like you and I are beginning to share more of the imperfect aspects of life, there for sure is way more that can be done. But you're not wrong. Like my whole newsfeed at the moment is people getting engaged, pregnancy announcements, gender reveals, huge career moves. And I'm just like, ah, this is a lot. I see these things going on in other people's lives and depending on what it is, I either get serious FOMO or am paralyzed with fear over their choices and yet I'm still figuring out if that's even where I want my life to go. So why does it bother me so much? I feel like it's all these social norms that are just heightened on social media. Like they're getting the best of us. Yeah, and it is just so bad for your mental health. And while I know there have been a lot of studies done on teens, mental health and social media and the connection between the two, I haven't really been able to find that many on people our age and how it impacts us. I just think that, I don't know, we're at a really interesting age or we were born at a really interesting time where we're between the millennials and Gen Z, where we haven't always had social media, but it did come into our lives at a very crucial point in our development, I guess you could say. Like when I think back to MySpace, so wait, did you have MySpace? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. So when I think back to MySpace in grade eight, where everyone was picking their top friends, I just think about how cooked that would have been on our self-esteem. Yeah. I mean, like if you had someone as your top friend and then they, you weren't their top friend, you'd be so upset. Yeah, exactly. And I just- Betrayal. Think- Exactly. And obviously there are so many more examples. That's just one that like really stood out to me. Yeah. The link between social media and people our age is something I definitely like to learn more about, but let's move on to pressure from older generations. As you said, this is super relevant with Christmas coming up and all the family obligations that surround this time of year. So I want to preface my side of this chat in saying that I've never directly experienced this as of yet. Well, not that I remember anyway, But the amount of my friends who have experienced this is so wild. 
Um, is it something you've experienced? Mm, I have, but not in a while because Lockie decided to stick around. <laughs> um, but I definitely see it at family events with like my brother or cousins. And I think it could be, you know, something as implicit as rocking up to a family event and all your siblings or cousins having their partner there, but you're riding solo or like family members asking you why you didn't bring someone or whether whether you are seeing anyone, like as if you need a partner to feel happy or accomplished. Yeah, so it seems like this kind of pressure also stems from that social norms piece we were discussing earlier, like on the research I've done about it. So traditionally, you settle down, get married, buy a house, have babies. Like it's what my parents did. It's what my grandparents did. It's what the majority of generations that have come before us did, like without a second thought. Without a second thought. It was just expected. That whole like no one wants to die alone and companionship thing, hey? Yeah, for sure. But I think it can leave those of us in our generation who aren't following that traditional path and there are a lot of us me included feeling like we've somehow failed which just is not true yeah well like society can be so harsh when it seems we're varying from socio-cultural norms by going down an unconventional path um, when we attend family events, stag, or aren't ready to settle down yet we get hounded with questions as to why we are single or haven't settled down yeah so Lots of my friends complain about that and they say they feel pressure from their parents or relatives, like you said, to settle down. But like, why does that have to be the only choice? Yeah, like it shouldn't be. You should never get into a relationship or settle down just to tick a box. Yeah, for sure. I think there are just so many different paths you can take and... I mean, times have changed so much. Like, older generations, you need to catch up. (laughs) Something that keeps coming up in conversations with my friends is pressure from a career perspective. So, you know, jobs, career, financial and body clock pressures are also a huge part of pressure in your 20s. It seems really common to feel pressure to have a certain amount of savings so that you can achieve your goals, such as travel, deposit for a house, enough money for a wedding or even supporting a child. And to have this amount of financial stability, I think there's sometimes pressure to decide between a career that makes you enough money so that you can keep up with everyone else or instead have a fun and fulfilling job that might not pay as much, which ties back to that whole career path thing we mentioned as pressure in your 20s. I feel like eventually when I decide to drain all my savings on a deposit for a home, I'll have a mortgage and I won't be able to make flippant decisions like go on a spontaneous holiday or take a chance on a job that might potentially pay less. And in some ways, I do feel like I have a body clock and need to establish my career before I decide to have kids because I feel like I won't be able to dedicate as much time to focus on my career and it'll be harder making my way up in the food chain at a company um, when I have tiny humans dependent on me. Well, yeah, you already have a tiny dog dependent on you. (laughs) But it's interesting that you mentioned your body clock and feeling the need to establish your career before having kids because that isn't even on my radar at all. Like I haven't even given that a second thought. Like, should I be? Well, no, I think like it's okay for my milestones and goals to be completely different to yours. I also do feel pressure regarding savings. Like I do want to have enough money that I can keep up with my friends, whether that be a girl's trip away or like contributing to people's birthday presents. But I think I do differ from you in regards to I would rather be broke and in a job I enjoy more than bawling in a job I hate. So 
I think it might make more sense if I gave you an example of this. So how I started in my job currently was actually only working two days a week. And then I worked two other jobs on the side just to make up some extra money. So I took the chance on a job that I thought would be a better fit for me in the long run, even though it couldn't offer me full-time hours and a salary. And so while it all worked out in the long run, there were definitely sacrifices that I had to make at the time. Yeah, it just scares me so much that these choices are all major life decisions in your 20s that ultimately impact the path we take in the later years of our life. I think it's such a weird expectation to feel like you need to have your life figured out and on top of that have all this success so young since a lot of people don't actually find their dream career or are highly successful with their job until life past their 20s. I was reading this report from the Foundation for Young Australians and it suggested that it's likely that 15-year-olds today will experience a portfolio career, potentially having 17 different jobs over five careers in their lifetime, which really proves that you don't have to have it all figured out and be in the job of your dreams in your 20s. I mean, I definitely feel too young to be making decisions this big and it definitely sounds like you're thinking further ahead than I am, which makes me feel pressure from you just in the sense that it has me questioning my choices. So I think that kind of leads us on to that whole pressure from our friends offline, which is something I think we should acknowledge. So as we've said, no one's path looks the same and navigating not only that, but friendships with people on very different paths is a big thing we have to do with our 20s. So... For me, one thing that I've already dealt with in my early 20s is many of my friends graduating and going into full-time work while I was still studying. So it took me five and a half years to complete my one single degree, which should have (laughs) taken me three years. So that was 100%. got there in the end. It's all good. That's all that counts, all that matters. But yeah, so while that was 100% my choice and I intentionally wanted to take more time to study so that I could like, you know, travel and work things out before I started the full-time adulting grind. Like, let's be real, I was not in any rush to get there. But it was really weird at the time. So I had more time off and flexibility, but I was also earning significantly less money than everyone. But these kinds of differences continue on in your 20s where you have friends making these big moves, whatever those moves look like. And then you have other people like me currently who's not doing that. And it's something that you just have to navigate. Yeah, I definitely have friends at different life stages to me and that's why I try to make a conscious effort to not assume that all my friends and I will be going through the same life stages at the same time or at all, like having babies or getting married, particularly because I know a few of my friends have said that this just isn't on the cards for them and I don't want to make them feel pressured that they'll be missing out on something or you know, that they would be compromising our friendship if they choose an alternative path to me. I think it's really important to remind ourselves that everyone's priorities are different. Yeah, so I think to kind of wrap this up, we should talk about being 25 specifically, like the year of the quarter-life crisis. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) I was reading an article in The Guardian which explains this further. And while it's worth noting this article was published in 2011, it still resonated really strongly with me. So it said that bearing all the hallmarks of the midlife crisis, this phenomenon characterized by insecurities, disappointments, loneliness, and depression is hitting 20 and 30 something shortly after they enter the real world with educated professionals most likely to suffer, which is where we both are right now. 
Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I think there's definitely an indirect pressure for many of us to be killing it in everything we do. So no wonder we feel like we're on the verge of a crisis. Yeah, well, that Guardian article also quoted a survey undertaken by Gumtree.com, which found 86% of the 1,100 young people questioned admitted feeling under pressure to succeed in their relationships, finances, and jobs before hitting 30. But like, why 30? Like, we who decided it had to be 30? Um, life doesn't just end at 30 so what's this deadline we put on ourselves I mean I'm not speaking from experience but I know there's so much life left to live after 30 yes so it's not all doom and gloom research by Dr Oliver Robinson from the University of Greenwich in London found that quarter life crises which last on average for two years can be a positive experience such early life crises have Four phases, he said, moving from feelings of being being trapped to a catalyst for change, then eventually the building and cementing of a new life. Well, that makes me feel more positive. Yeah, except I feel like my quarter life crisis has gone on for way longer than two years. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, I think at the end of the day, the key takeaway that we just keep coming back to is to not compare yourself to anyone. Just do what feels right and what feels best for you, even if it's just focusing on right now and five seconds into the future. Panicking and overthinking it is normal. So no, you're not the only one. Take a deep breath and appreciate being in the present. Okay, wow, I need to take my own advice. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think there's necessarily um, a method to escaping pressure in your 20s. Considering we are constantly looking at what other people are doing on social media. Well, unless we want to delete all our social media apps and let's be real, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, no. I think it's important to try and see yourself through other people's eyes because I'm sure from another perspective, you'll see a bunch of success that you might have otherwise overlooked. Yes, that is also something I need to take on board and it is so true. Well, yeah, if you're always thinking about where others are and comparing or holding yourself to that, it can really take away from your own sense of achievement. That group article that I mentioned earlier suggests that we should honour periods of transition when your identity and purpose can feel distant. So try not to hide from the uncertainty because your 20s are going to be a lot of navigating the unknown. It's all about learning to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. (laughs) Exactly. I feel like we need to acknowledge that our 20s are both a beginning and an ending and they fly by so quickly. So it can help to look at where we've been and use that to figure out where we're going. Use this time to clarify who you are and who you want to be. And if you haven't got that figured out yet, don't worry because neither have we. (laughs) In the end, there's so many different paths to success and fulfillment and it's up to us to find out how to get there, no matter how many detours along the way. Finally, let's talk Adulting 101, our weekly resource or recommendation that we've found helpful in navigating our 20s. Tessa, what do you have for me? So my recommendation links back to the financial pressures that we were discussing earlier. So start saving money like ASAP. I've always probably been a bit of a saver, but I think firstly, it's about habits that I developed um, when I was younger, but also I can be a little irrational with my money, like getting my heart broken and buying a one-way ticket to Europe. (laughs) You have had a bit of a travel bug. I have. And so, like I said before, I'm not really great at having like goals and things planned out and knowing what I want to do. So for me, it's always been important to just have that money like or a little bit of money sitting there in case I do want to go traveling or Mm. a rainy day fund for appointments or bills that pop up and even like 
more big ticket items like if your car dies or when you do decide you want to start saving for a house you just have like a little little nest egg already there ready for you Stop being like financially responsible exactly and I think it's definitely a skill to learn and while I might be like a little bit disposed or predisposed to being into savings like you're definitely better at it than I am like you're knowledgeable about money oh no don't bring me into this this is about you (laughs) but you are but I found that I learned okay so this is the recommendation I found that I learned a lot from the she's on the money podcast oh yeah I know you're a fan of that too so it's described as the one-stop destination for millennials who want financial freedom and it covers such a wide range of topics. And so the podcast is great, but I think the real gold is in the Facebook group. Are you in it? Yeah, I am. It's so helpful. You can like search for a particular topic and there's people's comments about when they've been in that situation, which I've found definitely really useful. Yeah. So it's where people share like real life situations, as you mentioned, and ask relevant questions and ask for advice. And everyone's really helpful. Like they're always happy to offer up their previous experiences or what they've learned. I would, of course, though, recommend seeking out professional assistance before making any financial moves, but it has taught me a heap. Yep. I second that recommendation. That's a really good one. Okay. So what do you have for me? So my recommendation this week is The Social Dilemma on Netflix. Okay. I've seen it. I'm not sure where you're going with this, but I'm interested. Yeah, little disclaimer, you might be inclined to stay off social media for a while after watching, but I did think it was really interesting how the social apps keep us engaged and determine the type of content that we see. So, for example, when you get like a notification saying John Doe is attending an event near you. Oh my gosh, nothing triggers me more than getting a live notification. Yeah. Like I'm never going to watch a live and I don't care if John Doe's attending an event near me. Well, that's the thing. That's how they get you back into the app because you click the notification to clear it. So something else it drew my attention to is how like your phone listens to you. Oh, 100%. Like I've experienced this recently where mum and I were talking about a a pair of shoes that she was going to buy and we didn't look them up on any of my devices Mm. and yet they're sitting as a Facebook ad in my um, Facebook feed as like a permanent ad. It's so weird, hey? It's so creepy. Well, one of my friends actually speaks into her phone when she wants something so that it starts showing her ads for like that item. So like, you know, like silk dress or whatever. Oh my gosh. And so she does it so she can find outfits for events. I've actually seen the funniest. I I wonder if I can find it. I don't know if I'll be able to. TikTok is such like a black hole. (laughs) But it's this chick and she's set up in like multiple different scenarios but in each of them she picks up her boyfriend's phone and is like talking into it everything engagement ring so yeah. she'll be like engagement <laughs> ring diamond tiffany and co Oval so that her cut. boyfriend gets ads for rings. yes and so he like <laughs> nudges him into proposing i should do that just kidding <laughs> just getting lucky <laughs> no but i do think yeah i thought it was really interesting like some of the stuff that maybe you know a, a user that doesn't have a background in social media marketing like i feel like for you and me we kind of were aware of most of the things that it went into. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting recommendation to make just because from a marketing background, I didn't particularly feel like I learned that much from it because I kind of know how it works. Yeah, so 
It's. I was going to say it's not that I know if I definitely like or dislike the documentary itself, but I think it's an interesting watch for someone who, yeah, doesn't have a background in social media um, because it's stuff that you should be wary of um, as a user when you're yeah. engaging with social media. I also think it's interesting because even though I do know how the app manipulates me doesn't mean I don't get manipulated <laughs> by it on the daily basis. It is pretty hard. <laughs> And just like that, another episode is done. Woo! Love a little woo girl over here. here. (laughs) If you've made it this far, thank you guys. It means the world. We are releasing episodes every Wednesday, so make sure you hit subscribe and leave us a review. Yes, please, five stars. That would be great. You know you want to. And share us with your friends and family because it's so helpful in getting us out there. As you know, we have an Instagram page, which we'd love for you to follow. It's at blooming.podcast. And like we said earlier, please DM us. We want to hear your thoughts on this episode. Tell us how you're feeling pressure in your 20s. And if there's a particular topic you'd like us to talk about, please let us know. And of course, the adulting wins and fails. Mm, Keep them coming. Can't forget that one. But that's it from us. We'll chat to you guys next week. Bye.